Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, the forbidden door opens to AEW. Goldberg <laughs> returns to WWE. That should have actually been a forbidden door that just wasn't allowed to open. Mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler shows up on NXT 2.0. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. I thought you were going to say that Goldberg was coming through the forbidden door. I was like, Jesus Christ, they're going to kill him in three minutes. Ooh, ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Inside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. the opening Sarah Homie. And sitting right across from me, we had... That's an Olympics joke. That's a little Olympics joke. Uh, sitting right across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I haven't watched that much of the Olympics, but I caught that joker right. Way. That was good advice, good shit. And on that lovely note, allow to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Bam for Ringside podcast, volume 243, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart saith, B O O T H E H E E L S. Hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. Quick shout out to my boys on Good Cop, Bad Cop. Thanks for having me on this weekend. It was a good ass time. Episode 181 for that lovely note. If you haven't checked it out, by all means, go check it out. It was a nice little hour and a half of little fun and antics. Uh, good shit there. Outside of that, um, this, this decent week of wrestling, at least on the uh, western side of the hemisphere. I've been watching a lot of uh, the eastern side with Noah and TJWP. Uh, it's, I don't know, we'll, we'll figure something out here in a second. I'm, I'm interested to see what we're talking about with Goldberg and uh, the Forbidden Door Two different subjects on that scenario. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Two Beer, Zach Pullman. What's going on, Two Beer? BFR West in the house. BFR West, John Tinto on the street, Tanahashi in the sheets, you know, just keeping it rolling. Uh, I got my tickets for New Japan in Chicago. Holla. Uh, Windy City, what are they calling it? Windy City. Riot, I believe. Something. Windy City Riot. And, uh, yeah, Moxley's going to be there. Um, cool. Uh, it's the weekend after my birthday, so a little birthday treat, uh, me and JCB. Looking forward to it. What and, uh, yeah, I think it's No, no, don't, don't give me that shit. What the fuck? No, no, no. You have first dibs. I was about to say, as the married man, I figured that you should have the first crack at... Holy shit, I didn't even know about this. No, no, no. See, this <laughs> is what happens when you don't look at your uh, text thread, man. I was about to say, I put it out there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. It, it sucks being left out. Like, I mean, JCB's getting all these podcast features. Me <laughs> chopped liver. Didn't even... It was totally last minute, guys. Hey, anytime you guys want to jump in, they said that you you are more than welcome to get in on this little escapade. So just a couple of genetics. <laughs> <laughs> Red dragon. He threw himself through the window, Bobby Heaton. God damn it, dude. As Jason said, it was kind of a slow week of wrestling uh here in the Western Hemisphere. 
Uh, there was some real good stuff. There was some real bad stuff, and there was some stuff in between. Without further ado, let's get to that three counts. One, two, three. JCB, what's the one count? <sighs> Just when you thought he was gone, damn Saudi Arabia. Roman Reigns comes out on SmackDown on Friday night with Paul Heyman in tow. Usos behind him. Obviously, they are moving past the Seth Rollins angle, which was kind of disappointing because I wanted to see this next chapter of their story post Shield. But I guess we're just going to put that on the uh, the back burner for a little bit. I'll talk touch on that. My thoughts on that in a second. Um, I didn't think Goldberg was going to be the next one in line, but if you stop and think about it, it kind of makes sense. Um, this is the WrestleMania match that they was going to have two years ago when it ended up being Braun versus um, Goldberg, and Braun finally wins the title. So if you remember correctly, this was going to be Goldberg versus Reigns, Spear versus Spear, you know, Icon versus Icon, blah, 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 blah. So if you stop and think about it, it kind of makes sense. If this is quote-unquote long-term booking by WWE, okay, you can connect the dots there. Obviously, I don't think this was their plan. You know, life threw a curveball in the way, and they moved the card around, neither here nor there. But this time around, going to Saudi, no, if you're not going back to Seth Rollins, Goldberg makes the next obvious choice. So, obviously, Goldberg comes down. You know, he's here to acknowledge the tribal chief to say that he's next, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I guess let's break down Goldberg versus Roman Reigns for a second. I don't expect this to go long. I expect Roman Reigns to retain. Dare I say, I would love to see a, a submission just because this would finally put hopefully the old yeller known as Goldberg down and stay down. My thought is Roman wins. Spear probably would be the way they would go out because they're already talking about Spear versus Spear. And then he'll take his one half of the title into WrestleMania where I expect it to be a title versus title matchup considering what the opening uh, promo was with MVP basically saying that there wasn't going to be a title versus title. They're going to make sure they're basically going out of their way to make sure that doesn't happen. I would believe that if Brock wasn't in the elimination chamber, but he is, and that's the biggest problem. Also, the rumor is that uh, Lashley is not at one hundred percent. Zach, what do you think about oh, Jesus? What do you think about uh, Goldberg's triumphant return? <laughs> Uh, not unexpected. I mean, this is the time of year. Um, you know, Saudi Arabia. That's that's what they pay for. Um, you know, they want those uh, stars from the past. Uh, that dude, um, the Crown Prince or whatever, is nostalgic. Like he watched wrestling in the '90s, like we did, and he's just uh, you know, booking himself a nostalgia act. But uh, but yeah. It is what it is now. If they do something stupid, like end Roman's crazy reign, um, just because they've really booked themselves all weird and uh, they want Goldberg at WrestleMania or something, 
I mean, that would be obnoxious because we've seen it before. I mean, Goldberg has taken these titles from these dudes who work. The Fiend is the, is the one that really jumps out in my mind. Kevin Owens, the mm. Fiend. Uh, yeah. It's I keep forgetting Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, not unexpected. It is what it is. Um, you know, the last Saudi show, like, I watched it. Um, it's actually, like, one of the better shows they put on all year. I know. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll watch this one too, I guess. Like I, that's all I watch is or the the premiere live events anymore. So no, um, I hear you. you know. I'll, here's I'll, what it is. No, here's the. I guess here's the other question. I I heard this on a podcast and it kind of struck me as like no way, but it could it could possibly be something to be thought about. Any way that. The crown prince of Saudi says, okay, I want Goldberg to win the title and the WWE pulls the trigger on it. Any possible way that could happen? No, no possible way it could happen. The problem with Goldberg coming back all the time is I don't really mind Goldberg as an attraction, especially. And sorry, Zach, I didn't hear what you said because I was looking for a different mic. I think this mic's fucked up, but we're going to have to ride with it. Um, I don't mind him as, as an attraction. I mind him getting title shots, even in kayfabe. I think it's so stupid, and it's, there's no, like, they don't even attempt a story with him. He just comes out and says, you're next. <laughs> it's so, it's it's just, like I said, I don't mind as, as an attraction. I just don't like him getting title shots. It's it's bottom line. It's So if this was Reigns versus Goldberg, straight up, no title in on the line, you would be okay with this. Yeah, it's something for Reigns to do. Even now, it's something for Reigns to do. No, I agree with that. But don't give him the title shot. It's I, I can't believe when Goldberg came back in 2003 or 2004 or whatever, and he fought Lesnar at WrestleMania, and Austin was the special guest referee. Oof. One of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time. I can't believe... If you would have told me, hey, Goldberg's still going to be wrestling in 20 years. Right. I would have told you you were fucking crazy. Yeah. And guess what? You would have been fucking crazy because it is fucking crazy because it is fucking stupid. So fuck the, <laughs> fuck the Saudi Arabia guy. Fuck Goldberg. He doesn't even try. I mean, uh, should, should you at this point? It's five minutes for like a, you know, a six-figure payday. At the at the bare minimum, it's got to be six figures. Oh no, he's making millions of dollars. Tribal chief, <laughs> I acknowledge you. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's uh, okay. Whatever. Uh, from there, SmackDown was not necessarily a very good show. Capped off by uh, Charlotte and Ronda Rousey on the back end. It really feels like SmackDown and Raw just generally feel like they give you the good shit on the front end, the good shit on the back end, and then, you know, here's your matches in between. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Matt Cat Moss had a little segment, whatever. Um, Charlotte and Ronda have the uh, the final segment where Charlotte comes out and Ronda Rousey comes out and basically says that she's going to make it official. It is going to be Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. 
I don't get I just don't understand why WWE has a hard time staying the course that they've already written. You had Ronda lose to Becky, and now you have Ronda come back, win the Royal Rumble with Becky, and I'm and I I know I repeat this and I repeated it last week, and I'm going to do it this week because the logic just doesn't make sense. I don't understand why they think Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey is bigger than Becky versus Ronda Rousey. I know Charlotte's your girl. I get that part. Oh, I disagree with that. I think that I think that Charlotte Charlotte's a bigger star than Becky Lynch. But the the story is Becky versus Ronda. I think that part of it is they think you think Charlotte's a bigger star than Becky. I do. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I don't know, man. Like there, there was a time when Becky I mean, was I mean, hot, hot. You could argue right now there was a time when she was the biggest star in the company, not even like just the women's division. Yes, like she was like one of the biggest stars in all of. When wrestling. you get a Sports like, Center commercial, I think that's you know you're mainstream I now. Was, I was expecting this pushback, and I would say that they fucked up her return. They fucked it up bad with oh, Bianca yeah. Belair, and they tried to make her heel, and now she's some kind of tweener. They. She's going to get booed against Lita because if Raw is any indication, Lita still has a lot of, you know, unless they were piping in a bunch of audience noise, which is possible. Very. Lita still has a lot of juice. Um, but Charlotte, all things being equal, well, no, not all things being equal. I mean, Charlotte's a better wrestler. She has been around the entire time. Her last name's Flair, and uh, she has more titles. And. I think that she's a bigger star, yeah. I mean, I don't if if you say if you say that you disagree and you think that Becky's a bigger star, I'm not gonna be mad at it. It's like I, I think that there's probably an argument for both, but to me, pardon the pun, I think that Charlotte is uh, a crown jewel of <laughs> their of of their uh main event picture on uh men's or women's side. I'm not gonna disagree with that. You you said we are star they say we are not star. Okay, what's that for? I can't. I can only speak, and I think you should leave snippets. That's all my communication has boiled down to is just excerpts and sound bites from I think you should leave. I think I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you think? I'll just say this. If you want to argue, if, if you want to debate, argue who's the bigger star, I think that's a debate that can be had. I'm not going to say that Charlotte isn't bigger. It makes total sense. They push her strong. You know, she's got a bunch of umpteen titles, not necessarily credit to Charlotte. That's more for WWE booking. I'll just say this. I'm going to have a hard time watching that match and not think about what could be, what should be. If they do triple threat again, I'm not saying I'm going to necessarily shit on it, but you're going to have to make it a way where it, this makes sense. And it it feels like they're starting to get to that point where Ronda's in the middle and you have both champions clamoring for this match. I don't want to see it because we did it already, but I wouldn't be surprised if we got to that point. And that would be a night one closing match. Why didn't they give 
Rhonda a manager. I know I talked about it last week, but goddamn, she really needs somebody to talk for. Her. She who, is who's going manager? I mean, what the fuck? Like I said last week, Ivory. I don't fucking care. Uh, give it. Yeah, let's have Haven do double duty. Like, yeah, you could have Haven do be it. in segments together. I don't know. Ken Shamrock. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Let's talk for no, Ken Shamrock is in the uh, Impact Hall of Fame. He's not coming back anytime soon. I'm, I'm look, back I, for it. Who cares? <laughs> look, I'm not saying that she can't. She's not very good on her promos. But unfortunately, this is one of those things where Vince A doesn't like to do it. And B, I wouldn't necessarily, and this is just me in my own little fancy booking world, I wouldn't necessarily want to see Heyman with Ronda, even though it makes a ton of fucking sense. That's a bloodline angle. I don't want to see Ronda come in to that as the first woman. If anybody comes in as the first woman of the bloodline, it should be Naomi. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm probably done talking about this. You guys want to talk about anything else, or should we get on the AEW? Nah, oh, uh, uh, unless you guys want to talk about Ricochet and Cesaro versus Ridge Holland and Sheamus. The epitome of WWE, Ricochet wins in a, probably less than five minutes, and then they spin that into a tag team match with Ricochet and Cesaro versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland, and Sheamus and Ridge, Ho- Ridge Holland wins the tag team match. I mean... That's WWE right there. I was kidding. I didn't want to talk about this. No, th- I'm, th- after that, we're done. I'm done after that. That's getting ready to say. I'm sub- I was mad enough to where I-, I wanted to stop watching SmackDown right then. But I was like, no, let's just keep watching. And the more and more watched, the more and more matter I got. It was just ridiculous. Well, you know, during that, uh, I will say this. During the Ronda and Charlotte segment, I was thinking about how bad it was. And I was thinking about, I, I was just watching it today. And I was thinking about what I was going to say on the podcast about it. What my feelings were, you know, and my, <laughs> my feelings were as I was watching it, you know, this is my fault. Um, it's my fault for watching it. It's my fault for expecting anything except for just just a terrible Ronda Rousey promo, just uh, a match that we really shouldn't want to see. Uh, I don't want to see Sonya Deville in the middle of it. It's just it's it's my fault. It's my fault. It's it is admirable of you to fall on that grenade, but it's it's everybody's fault. It's our fault. Oh, okay, yes. I mean, I thought that was just Catholic guilt, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's our fault, man. I'm not gonna let you fall on this grenade by yourself. All right, let's talk about fun stuff. Uh, let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Uh, two count was a very fun episode of AW Dynamite last night. I was very anxious about this because I was looking forward to it all week. I was texting you guys about Jesus it. Jesus Christ yeah. almighty. I thought our starting when <laughs> conversations were starting to get out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was, you know, looking forward to it and uh, I wasn't able to watch live and I was worried about spoilers, uh, but got home. I uh, sat down and watched it, and very fun episode. Um, I will, like, fun episode overall. Criticisms, because, I, you know, I want to be fair, and I want this as a point of record. Exhibit A, point three four for whenever oh, folks say that I don't like one thing on WWE, but I don't mind it on AEW. Um, this thing opened like a Raw. 
Uh, it was a very long talking <laughs> segment, and then they made up a match for the night. And I was like, "Well, this, you guys have a plan." Usually, they have like uh, a rundown. There's like twelve segments in there. They're like, uh, "Wardlow in action, MJF speaks, Jericho uh, talks about the inner circle, you know, and blah blah blah." They have like the whole show completely formatted, and you, and you know what's going on. And I'm like, so it just kind of broke the fourth wall a little bit in the sense where I'm like, "What were you gonna do if this didn't spontaneous?" happen and that's always bugged me about openings of raw um so it bugged me a little bit here but it was a very fun segment overall i had a ton of fun with it mjf is so ridiculous the, Jesus the book that he gave justin roberts to read and justin roberts delivery of it for his entrance was it was very long very, very dry perfect. yes and uh, he comes in on a literal palanquin and uh just makes out with like the models that are Walking him out, which apparently uh, I saw on, somebody I saw on Twitter that's his real life girlfriend, which made me feel a little bit better. Cause <laughs> he I thought that was I mean, a random chick too. I was like, throat. oh, oh, wait, dude, slow that's, down. That's a good example of how like we kind of know too much. Like I kind of wish I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I needed to know that. I'm just like, dude, slow down, man. The one girl just like peck him on the cheek, and then he goes over to the mega hot one and just <laughs> <laughs> going hard. I didn't I needed to know that for my own personal sanity because there is one thing, you know, if you want to be like, you know, Rick Flair, you know, kiss all the chicks, I get that. This was on the total opposite end of the spectrum. You know, it didn't the, the opening of it it didn't occur to me that it opened like a raw until you just said it. And it and it did and I'm not trying to be contrarian here or zig where or zag where uh, Zach's zigging. That's hard to say. Zag where Zach's zigging. <laughs> but, say that five times fast. But um, it, it's one of those things that I kind of give AEW a pass on because they never do it. I, I get, oh yeah, I mean like it the, is a like total. It, yes. Everybody freaked out because there was a DQ on Friday. It's like it's the first time it's ever happened on Rampage. It's setting up a no, it's setting up a no DQ match. Like people feign outrage, and I'm not feigning outrage. I'm just pointing it out. Yeah, and it's 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 a fair it's a fair thing to say. It just didn't occur to me while I was watching it. I watched it last night. Um, usually Wednesday nights, my sister comes over, and uh, her and my my wife gives her and some friends like a yoga lesson downstairs, and I watch the baby, and I watch Dynamite. And uh, I read my book, and it's just a really, really... It's, it's, it's some bill time. It's some bill time, you know? And uh, last night, my sister came over, and she came over with her husband, and her husband was going to do yoga, and then they all got high before they were going to do yoga, and then they were like, well, we're not doing yoga. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, mistake. My, my sister's like, uh, I hear her in the other room, Ask Aaron, do you think Bill will mind? And she goes, as as long as he gets to watch wrestling, I think it'll be fine. And I was like, yep, that's right. <laughs> and so I, you know, I partook a little bit and we had music on. So I was watching this Raw with three people that don't watch Raw. Or, sorry, watch, watching Dynamite with three people that <laughs> must be some rich, residual leftover. <laughs> with three people that don't watch it. But my sister has watched my sister watched All Out with me one time. I think I talked about this. So she kind of knows some of this stuff, and she's, like, interested in it. She's like, what is this? What's going on? Because she listens to the podcast sometimes. 
So I watched it with the sound off, uh, slightly, slightly high, and I thought that this entire show was just so good. It was just segment after segment, and I went I, that that doesn't include the first segment. I watched that live sober by myself, and I was a big fan of that. I went back and watched uh, the. Just seriously, like from front to back, I think this is one of the best dynamites they've ever had. Now, none of damn the, Zach, like <laughs> n- none of the none of the none of the segments were all out ten out of ten five star segments, but everything was pretty much either super entertaining, newsworthy, or noteworthy. I mean, you got the MJF Punk st- segment that was fun. Yeah, Wardlow squash. I think Wardlow has made he has improved so much since we first saw him. At the beginning, it's kind of seemed like he was AEW's version of a WWE guy, and now I just think, yeah, yeah. Now I just it seemed think, like they just brought him in because he had muscle. Yeah, I think he's oh. like charisma, charisma personified. Man, he's just. His his facial expressions, he doesn't overdo it. He doesn't play to the back row. He knows how to play to the camera. I just think he's great. We don't have to go through I'm not I'm not gonna go through the whole show right now. We can go segment by segment. I just thought it was a, a spectacular dynamite from front to back. And it ended with a title match. But um anyway, we had the Wardlow uh squash match, and then we had now I won't say this was the forbidden door because it's not, but uh, go ahead, Zach. What happened next? Uh, so, um, what was wasn't the Jericho segment after the? Um, oh, I might have uh, these written down. Uh, wrong. Okay, I, I I think I have it right. MJF was the opening segment, and I'll just say this on my on the MJF portion of the program: if he does this for a win after CM Punk, what the fuck is he getting ready to do when he, after he wins the goddamn title? That's just going to be a freaking parade oh, on, on fucking Dynamite. Like an entire hour. Oh, yeah. I was going to say two-hour promo. I was getting ready to say, this joke is getting ready to shut down. Andrade was next with Sting and Darby Allen. Go ahead, Tubier. Oh, dude. Um, the, uh, Andrade is a perfect example of a guy who's just getting better each week where we're just like, Oh, you got Andrade, like, what are you doing with him? And now, like, I really see him entering into the TNT title picture because he's mentioning it, but also, like, he's just funny, man. Like, he's just, like, asking to buy this little boy, Darby Allen, and it just kills me every time. Like, it's the same joke, but they're like, we keep telling you, man, like, he doesn't work for me, and he's not a little boy. And he's like, I don't believe you. He's like, how much you want? (laughs) You know, just, like, wants to buy this little boy. And I think he should... I think you should start reaching out to Chris Jericho to buy Sammy Guevara next. Uh, just you know, I'm, just I'm trying to it. buy a, a, a whole little stable. A stable uh, I think he should try to buy boys. Luchasaurus to be like an ox or something in his, oh, in, like, in, his in his bean fields. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, let's not encourage this. I mean, come on. This is... I didn't say bean fields because it's racist. I, just I didn't remember. What Probably else a good they, idea. I didn't remember what else they grow down there. No, nope, that's that's corn. <laughs> that's probably best for us. Oh, corn, corn. Yeah. I'm. I guess I'm the dissenting vote on this. I haven't been a fan of the way they've used Andrade since he's come in. This 
Hardy family order, you know, merger, whatever you want to call it, just doesn't seem like it's it's not working for me personally. Obviously, it's working for you guys. I don't, I don't guys. think anybody likes that. No, I don't think anybody likes that. I just like his character work, the fact that yeah, he's when, actually getting getting like time to talk, even though he's not like a native speaker, and it, he's making it work. Well, he's actually getting time to get a character over, period, as opposed to just being a workhorse, you know, a work rate guy. Which is totally fair. I guess in this scenario where we're talking about WWE, where they don't have people, they don't have managers to talk for them. Andrade to me is is a perfect example of somebody that should have that manager. His to me, his best success in the last three, four, five years is when he was in NXT. He was the NXT champion, and you had Selena Vega as the the, the mouthpiece. That was perfect. Yeah. To me, it should have been something along that same scenario. You know, granted, you know, if it's, it's WWE's idea, okay, but you can always enhance upon that. You remember that give, Gargano match? Yes. Whew. Okay, God, that's damn. that's what I keep, because people keep coming to me as like, you know, Andrade's a mid-card guy. You just need to accept that. No, I can't accept that because I always think to that match, and if you're going to tell me you can give me that kind of in-ring stuff, all we need to to do is find you a way to get the character over shit you can't tell me that Andrade is a mid card is a mid card guy i'm gonna tell you something that very possibly happened and i got goosebumps just thinking about it was andrade wins this face of revolution uh ladder match or whatever at the pay-per-view wins the belt from sammy and then after johnny gargano's uh uh, kids Dude, stop, born. He's stop. doing an open challenge. Stop. And stop. he opens the show, and they they do a five star match for the TNT Championship. That's Johnny Gargano's first match in AEW. Let me book the territory. <laughs> Let him book the territory. <laughs> Give me this pen. You don't know how to act. Give that man the pencil. <laughs> I say you already putting Johnny Gargano into the title that picture with, with one minute. Give me a break. All right. What's next, Zach? <laughs> uh, so then we had. Uh, I don't know if I have the right order, but um, talking about uh, the- squash match is what I have next. With well, well, I shouldn't say squash match. It was totally not a squash match. Uh, Wardlow oh, yeah, versus Wardlow. Uh, he, he sold some. No, I think he sold a lot. Yeah. Actually, the the knee injury throughout the match was something to. It, it was totally another layer to what already was a a slow baby face turn. Baby faces usually have to fight through injury or fight from underneath. This was the the former where he fought through the knee injury and overcame the blade when it finally came down to the uh, the symphony of power bombs or whatever the case may be. That's when it was like, okay, this is the war we're used to seeing. For me, it was just like, okay, the opening segment when he was like rolling his eyes or whatever, he didn't get any love from MJF for helping him out. And then this segment where he had the knee injury and this is a total baby face move. You know, he fights through the, you know, whatever injury to get the win. It, I can't wait to see the actual ward mode turn because wherever that happens, that crowd's going to go ape shit. Well, hopefully I, I hope that it happens in front of a super hot crowd because Wardlow giving MJ when Wardlow finally turns on MJF and puts him through a powerbomb symphony that the place is going to erupt 
Like it really feels. Oh, like, it, it, it really might feels like be Sean just, Spears to, it, to have to go through that. But either way, it's going. It's going to be both. nuts. Just line them both up. <laughs> but I mean, it really does feel like. Like, they're pulling the catapult back just a little further than they should. Like, it's going to snap at any second. Or they're shaking up the two-liter bottle just a little <laughs> bit more than they should, you know? It, it, I mean, it's – it's I, I like I said last week, I, I enjoy what they're doing. But now I don't want it to happen too quick. Now I think they got to – they got to give it another few weeks, I think. I think it ultimately happens at Revolution, whenever that is. Uh, that's yeah, Mar- I mean, March, there was- March 2nd, maybe? It's sometime in March. I just can't think of March, what it is. March 6th. Okay. March 6th. Um, the uh, potential, too, because remember, they planted the seed that uh, NGF said, you're going to go out there and win that face of the Revolution ladder match and give me your title opportunity. Like, uh, So there is that to where maybe Wardlow's the one that wins the, the uh, TNT title opportunity, like wins the ladder match, and then refuses to give it to Max. Um, so... Uh, that could be a thing too, but uh, but yeah, we're all looking forward to it, and they did a good job of continuing the story. But uh, yeah, then we had another very long talking segment, and um, I liked a couple things about this uh, with the inner circle uh, coming out. You know, it's Jericho, Sammy, and Hager come out together to Judas, and then Santana and Ortiz come out. Uh, to their own proud and powerful music. Goddamn right. And yeah, I did like uh, Santana. Just absolutely was the star of this segment. I got it so good. Before you go on, I swear to God, this is not a bit. You can't tell these guys apart. Was he the one that talked first or second? Oh Jesus fucking Christ! He was the one that talked first. I thought they were both great. I, I really did. I yeah. thought that they were both great. <laughs> uh, Yes, Santana, the one that spoke first. <laughs> yes, he was the MVP of the segment. Dude, we gotta get, we gotta start having AEW put. I swear to God, it's not a bit. I swear to God, it's not a bit. We need to have them have like name tags. Hi, my name is. Maybe I have some undiagnosed thing that they've never heard of called no, tag team blindness. Think, Maybe it's a condition. I think for Bill, AEW stands for aphasia every week. <laughs> what, did, wait, 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 what did you say it stood for? <laughs> aphasia every week. And that's the, the, it's face, the face blindness. Yeah, face blindness. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every week you just forget. No, it's a tag oh, team. It, it really is a tag team thing. It's got to be a tag team thing because it only happens with tag teams. He, he, okay, you I might swear, have a point. I swear you to might God. Have a point. I swear to God. Okay, like, you could tell who Montez Ford and Dawkins are. Yes. For, okay, yes. all right. There's a start. <laughs> there's a start. <laughs> we got a start. He's got the black guys down. Now I swear to God, though, the, the best friends, Trip Red and Chuck Taylor. You can't tell these guys apart. I don't. If you, Jesus I would, Christ! I would so, have to guess. So if Trip Red came down these steps right now, I'd be like, "That's one of the best friends." But you couldn't tell who it was. <laughs> no, I don't He's think like Orange Cassidy. <laughs> No, I know Orange Cassidy. He's not he's part said, of a tag team. He's Orange Cassidy? <laughs> he's stupid. Jesus Christ almighty. So, okay, just just to get back to kind of AW for 30 seconds, Blade and Butcher, they're a tag team. The Butcher's the big one. 
Okay. All right. So we okay. See, you ain't. You know how I know that? It's because Blade is smaller and he has less letters in his name. (laughs) He's got like uh, mnemonic devices. Right. We gonna figure this thing out. It really is a thing, though. I can't tell him apart. That's horrible. I will agree with you on two beer, and I'll I'll get us back on track. I thought Santana was the captivating point of the inner circle meeting. Granted, he did talk a lot, but he did make the points that I was waiting for him to make Jericho on the other side made his own points the one loss that they did have was against the Bucks it had nothing to do with Jericho go ahead he was also Jericho was also excellent at this because yep. he knew exactly what to say to toe the line to come off as like an arrogant heel yep. because he is the heel in this um, so the only thing is, is like it didn't it seem like, like too sudden of a turn though it was like he stayed in character, but just just tweaked it. He just turned up the dick a little bit enough to like come across as the heel. I thought he was perfect. It was it was amazing, and so the work that everybody did was really good. It just seemed like the segment dragged, and I was like, man, it was another long talking segment. And usually, like when I watch Dynamite, it's we like, ju- we're just bang, not bang, used bang. to that. Yeah, we're just not used to that. One of the there's usually like one big talking segment per week. I did see I think, we had two within did, the first hour. I did see on Twitter that it was the least amount of in ring time for any first hour of a dynamite ever. Which you, makes sense because the first yeah. match is usually 14, 15 minutes. Right. And that's what I was gonna say. That that fourteen fifteen went to MJF and then this went to uh the inner circle. I'll say this in terms of maybe not paying off an angle giving the angle the uh, respect that it deserves is that the inner circle breaking up shouldn't be one fell swoop. You know, it should be like tipping over a Pepsi machine. You know, you got to rock it back and forth. And for Santana Ortiz to basically go from no promo time to the promo time that they got in this segment, the inner circle has been together forever and they didn't, they made the most of it. I don't know if they wrote it themselves. I don't know if they wrote it with writers. But whatever it was, it didn't feel like it was shortchanging the amount of time that the inner circle has been together. No, I agree. It, it, it feels like a, if, a family breakup. Yeah. And Samuel is probably the smartest one in the bunch. He's like, you motherfuckers figure this shit out. Yeah. And if we are together, you come back and hire me. Otherwise, I got TNT tile business to handle. Yeah, and I want to <laughs> see what happens next week. I will not I'm be curious. missing Dynamite next week. I'm curious. I, it will not be on in the background. I will, I will be watching it. What I would want to see is if Santana Ortiz, God forbid, lose, they fucking snap and just go full-blown on heel, you know, beat the shit out of Jericho and Hager and just get it over with. That, to me, is the only thing that I can possibly think of that would not even make sense, but... Just something that I would want to see. Uh, we lost Zach here. I'm going to call him back real fast. We might be able to get him back. This is a little peek behind the curtain, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was weird. I was just talking. Okay, well then continue to talk because yeah. they say we're I'm done. Start over. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, the uh, it seems like Santana Ortiz uh, were positioned to be baby faces, which means they might not initially get an immediate title opportunity if the current uh, champions being 
Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy also positioned as faces. So uh, we'll see. But it is intriguing. It is time. I think we we talked about like this like last year whenever um, MJF was trying to break up the inner circle. But I think that now is a better time. I didn't want it to happen then, but I think it is a good time to break them up or at least have some drama. They're also, along with Dark Order... The o- the OG <laughs> AEW faction like Great. they existed first they were certainly the one that counted the most like when AEW started the inner circle was the biggest deal in AEW but they were the straw that stirred the drink and they've lasted long enough I mean it's it's time AEW doesn't need them anymore Jericho is not at the he's not the face of the company anymore and he shouldn't be and he shouldn't be he, he did his job you yeah. know. Yeah, and, uh, Sammy's where he he's he should be at this point. The only guy, the only guys that they haven't gotten over completely are saying Ortiz, Ortiz because it's not gonna, Hager's only there every once in a while. Anyway, it's like I'm, I don't necessarily need him to hang out anyway. He's he's there to be there, you know, stand there and look mean every now and then, say something silly. Outside of that, can I say something that might be kind of an unpopular opinion? We've been be, being real civil to each other tonight. We're like respecting each other's opinions and when somebody says something it's like, "Oh, well, you know, I see your point and I want not gonna uh, 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 what, wait, you can raise step on somebody's toes." I, I I think I'm getting ready to go on a string of things that are going to piss people off. But uh this might not ruffle your guys feathers. It ruffles mine. Okay. Do that shit. I'm so sick of watching just a bunch of meat buckets that look exactly like us sing Judas in my mind every single fucking week. <laughs> I just don't need it. I just don't need it. It's just that shitty new fucking terrible metal. It sounds like, I don't know, like. That's a musician in you coming breaking out. Breaking Benjamin or Coltrane. I don't know. It just sounds like shitty fucking metal. And watching all those dorks sing along with it. Uh, and I'm not talking to you guys that are listening to us. Not at all. <laughs> you guys aren't no, the dorks you that I'm referring cool. to. You guys are cool. <laughs> it's the guys that don't listen to BFR that sing Judas. Talking you guys are the dorks. dorks, man. Get the bricks, dorks. You guys know what I mean? We're all in this together. <laughs> I don't think it's that big a deal. Honestly, I think. It added something for, and take it for what it's worth, for this particular segment, I thought it was a little something more because it was more like a swan song. In my head, I'm like, okay, yeah, y'all better get this shit out because this ain't going to last too much longer. Sooner or later, we're going to bury Judas and we're going to move on to something else because the inner circle is going to have to break up in some form or fashion so yeah get this in in get this shit in now because like i said a month two months from now we might not be singing it anymore zach do you sing judas in my mind uh at home while you're watching it like get all pumped up like you and dexter like pumping your right fist like both of you guys being like <laughs> i don't even know what the words are no uh, i will say it's funny before i knew that the lyrics were i've become a i've become a i always thought he used to just sing Mommy come, mommy come, mommy come. <laughs> I was like, this is a weird song. <laughs> hey, Zach, there's this thing called Google. You might want to check that shit out. No, man. I, just I, I, I Google mommy come all the time, and Chris Jericho never came up one time. Set him up for that. Jesus Christ. God damn. He's heating up. That is good. I can't believe, I can't believe you walked into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
You didn't even put it on a tee. Like, you held it <laughs> yeah, in your right, hand. Right? I was like, sir, are you ready to tee off? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you lie down on your back with the, with the golf tee in your mouth. <laughs> all on top of it. <laughs> no, he's good. He's good. We do this all the time. <laughs> my ear is fine. <laughs> all right, oh, so shit. We'll get to one of my favorite uh, segments here. I uh, bet it was. On. We had uh, Rapungi Vice uh, backstage uh, doing a little promo with um, the Young Bucks interrupting. and I can tell Rapungi Vice Adam. apart. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so one of the guys is Trent Beretta. So if you can remember that that guy is in Rapungi Vice. I know, but he's not. I, I know he's that not he's standing not, next to Chuck E.T., so that's the problem. He's not Rocky Romero. I know that. <laughs> that's a goddamn shame. Oh, man. Uh, so we had Adam Cole attack from behind, lay those guys out with low blows. And then we had Switchblade Jay White walk onto camera. I thought this was really well done. It was very understated. Uh, just he comes in, grabs, uh, I think Trent, uh, could have been Rocky Romero though, throws him <laughs> into the truck. Just looks whoever the one of these jokers of cool, pulls his leather jacket back to show his t-shirt a little bit looks over at Nick says nice earrings and then Finn <laughs> that's it like that's all we get uh, but the earrings being he's been wearing like nice earrings they've been referencing it on uh, being the elite uh, you know we've been seeing some uh, little signs you know kind of like whenever Kenny Omega would wear the cookie monster shirts or like whatever you know all the stuff with CM before like punk showed up so little teases and um I'm here for it, man, because I was just texting, nerding out with these guys uh, this week, uh, saying how I was hoping the Forbidden Door person was going to be Jay White, because with Hangman Page being the champion, I mean, Jay White essentially catalyzed this Hangman Page character, whatever, he cut a promo on him in New Japan, like, talking about how he was in uh, the, you know, the elite shadow, and he would never live up to his potential, and uh, all this shit. Um, I don't know what show it was on. Uh, I'd like to go back and watch it because Jay White's just a great promo. But uh, but yeah, like I think he is one of the best in the business right now, and it's very exciting. If he's over here in the United States, why not be in the premier promotion in the United States with people that he has history with, where he can really showcase and get himself out there to an even bigger audience. So um, this is cool. Yeah, I mean, I love having Jay White in AEW. I will kind of disagree. I, it was an understated to bring, understated way to bring him in, and there were two debuts on this week's show. Both of them were understated, if you ask me. Um, they weren't very well. <laughs> one was the other one definitely was not. We'll get to the limitless one in a little bit. Uh, Jay White being here fucking rules though. It sets up so many different ways they can go with the with the story of the Bullet Club, and it's like new Bullet Club versus old Bullet Club, and old elite versus new elite. And there's lots of different ways they can go with it. I think ultimately it comes back to uh, Adam Cole, Jay White, O'Reilly, and Fish versus Omega the Bucks. I mean that's probably where it's going uh i have complete faith in aew though that it's going that they're going to tell the story well 
And I, you know, I don't care if it takes a year, two years from now. I mean, there's enough guys to where even if there's a couple injuries, they can they can still make it happen. You know, obviously they have to set it all up. I'll just say this: I think ultimately this segment was about any pushback about what the quote unquote forbidden door is. We all have our definition of what the forbidden door is for me personally the forbidden door is someone that is contractually signed with another promotion and they come in to a separate promotion and they have a one-off segment or a couple of segments or whatever the case may be and then they go back to their home promotion yeah, that's it's, okay it's not even a real term i mean it just got what, made up what, okay for me the forbidden door is the curtain when goldberg's standing in gorilla mm. <laughs> Can't, don't let this motherfucker out for shit, huh? <laughs> right. Somebody stand in front of him. <laughs> right. And then Vince McMahon's just back there saying, the forbidden fruit must be tasted. <laughs> Gross. That just is a whole other visual I don't even necessarily want to see. I think this was TK's way of saying, okay, you don't, you, I don't know what the forbidden door is. Okay, this is the forbidden door. I'm not putting my hopes up for Jay White to be on AEW television programming any more than bits and pieces. From what I think I know, Jay White has done impact uh, tapings for their weekly show. So I'm expecting to see him more on impact more than I do on AEW. If he comes out next week and they have something great, but I'm not going to sit up here and do what I did the first time when Kenny Omega and Jay White were on impact. And I was like, Holy shit, this shit's getting ready to happen. This is one of them times, especially with AEW. I'm going to have to let this shit play itself out because there are, we can just go on to so many what if possibilities, what if scenarios. I agree with your ultimate what if scenario. It should probably be Bucks and Omega versus Red Dragon and Adam Cole. Neither here nor there. We're not even close to that because Kenny Omega ain't back. I want to. I need to see what happens next before I start jumping on the Jay White bandwagon. Of Jay White's in AEW. To me, like I said, this was more about. I know what the forbidden door is, and this is an example of it. Boom, Jay White. Yeah, I just want to see him wrestle. Um, oh, of course, AEW. no, of course, <laughs> of course, you want to see him wrestle the AEW roster. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, for me, like I said, I see him on strong, so I see him wrestle. But if you want, if you wanted to do it, Jay White is the probably the best example of somebody that is in the United States that is contracted to New Japan that you can bring into AEW matches and check all the boxes for the forbidden door. Is it going to happen? My knee-jerk reaction is, is to say no. It checks all the AEW boxes because he's Jay White. Check. And he is white. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna do that, man. I ain't gonna do that. Now say your boy Keith Lee's back. Well, what? your boy Keith Lee is of, here. Uh, speaking of uh, white people, we had Isaiah Cassidy versus Keith Lee in Keith Lee's debut. Turn down your mic, man. Come on. <laughs> dead, dude. This motherfucker said, speaking of white people. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, uh, Isaiah Cassidy comes out, uh, and 
uh, as music kids, we see the Limitless. You get this huge pop, huge reaction. I loved the way uh, Matt Hardy's face looked. Uh, he just looked like this was the worst thing that could possibly happen uh, to his boy. And um, Isaiah Cassidy made Keith Lee look like a million bucks. And, I mean, Keith Lee did a good job of that himself, but uh, Isaiah Cassidy just bumped so hard for this dude. And Keith did some fun power moves, did a little bit of his agility stuff, you know, nothing too crazy. Um, And, yeah, like uh, Keith Lee uh, is all elite. Uh, He is on his way to the Face of the Revolution ladder match uh, at the pay-per-view. He had a ton of charisma. And uh, another little fun thing that I want to throw out there about Matt Hardy, uh, he goes over the barricade. After dude, I was, dude, you stole my thought. <laughs> I was like, this and motherfucker's leaving. Ain't this a bitch? And then, com- and then commentary was like, that's pretty erratic behavior. And like, they knew 100%. It was just full-on Jeff Hardy-like tease. You know, Matt Hardy goes over the barricade just like his brother. They described it as erratic behavior. Just absolute Comedy Central. And uh, I wouldn't even go with Comedy it. Central. That man, that that sounds like a troll ass move to me. Oh, you you oh, you want to be cute? Obviously, Jeff's gonna come over. It's just a matter of time once his nine days is up. Yeah, I missed that. Okay, <laughs> I did. I missed it, but. When that's, he, fu- that's really funny. W- once he said that, that and the uh, the comparison with Raw on the opening segment, I never even thought about AEW being like Raw until Zach just said that, right. and it totally makes sense. This t- this is a jab at WWE because now you did all this to Jeff. You try to run him out of Dodge. He passes drug tests and he's bouncing to go to AEW. It's just a matter of time. Pretty good. Now, all that being said, this just going back to Keith Lee, I just, I, I, I don't understand what WWE didn't see in Keith Lee. You want somebody that's big and you want him to wrestle big. Isaiah uh, Casty was the perfect person to have him to go up against. You could easily throw him around. He screams like a little girl when he's up in the air real high. I mean, the, the first five minutes, he threw him from right to left. I was like, oh, shit. That's what you wanted to see from Keith Lee to begin with. The only thing I can say against this match, and this is just me, Keith Lee is probably like 10 or 15 pounds overweight, but when you sit for 90 days, you're getting old from, from, from COVID, I expect that. I didn't know ultimately this the, the winner of the ladder match was going for the TNT title versus the heavyweight title. Not saying it makes a difference. It just was interesting because I... I just my knee jerk reactions was all the other ones they had. The winner had a world title match. This is for the mid card title, so it, it wouldn't surprise me whoever wins could possibly beat Sammy Guevara. But let's just see who gets there first. I thought this was a really good way to introduce Keith Lee. And for me, the bigger picture is this might be the one guy that is a person of color that can honestly be insert it into a world title picture and win it so that way we can shut that nonsense up about oh AEW doesn't have a black person that can come in and win the world title Keith Lee is the obvious choice right now Jay Lethal is probably somebody you can argue about but there's allegations about him doing God knows what to Veda Scott that's another story for another time Keith Lee is a perfect 
in a perfect spot to come in a year from now, win the title, and nobody should be able to say shit. Yeah, I think that Keith Lee should win the AEW title at some point. At some point, and I think he is the guy to do it. The guy is, the guy has so much charisma, um, but I do think that this outing kind of showed. Well, he looked a little blown up at the end of it. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, he did look. You know, he did. Some it was a stuff, it was a four but, minute match. The, the whole thing about Keith Lee when he was in PWG, even when he was in NXT, was that here was this massive guy that can do all sorts of shit. Just he can do everything that the little guys can do. Uh, now it looks like Limitless is the nickname they gave him at the Golden Corral in College Station when he went to Texas A&M because that motherfucker is fatter than he was before. He's got to drop some LBs. He is too big. He was too big last night. When it, the leapfrog was the one spot that I wanted to see, it didn't get as high as I wanted to see it. No. I will give you that. No. But I think there is reasons for that. He H- Has he wrestled in between the time he's gotten released until this point? No, but he had. They also had COVID, which was, and it, it really messed with him apparently pretty bad. I'm willing to give those two aspects of past they should have waited to put him on tv then then when you i mean he looked fat so what i'm not here to fat shame anybody (laughs) (laughs) so what you're gonna wait a week two weeks they should put him in a tag team with jericho Mm -mm. so proud and powerful can fight fat and flabby you ain't shit you ain't shit god i want to cover there and beat your ass god Damn, you ain't shit. Flabby piece of shit. No, dude, come on. Hey, man, come on. You start like, to get a little I, disrespect. I, I, <laughs> oh, you think so, doctor? <laughs> uh, listen, I'm a big Keith Lee fan. I just thought that he looked he looked bigger I than... Gonna, I think anybody that is a, a person that can look at a match and see it I think we can all agree that Keith Lee looked overweight. But there's a reason why Keith Lee looks overweight. He's not sitting around eating bonbons and marrying Mia Yim because he, he, you know, he has nothing else to do. It's basically because they allowed him to sit down for 90 days, and now you can't do anything. You're getting over COVID. You're planning a wedding. I mean, damn. At a certain point. He's, I'm, da- he's, da- he's 38 years old, dude. You got to stay in shape. If you don't stay in shape when you're 38, it goes away. If you can't do the things that keep you in shape, you hear me out. Th- you hear me out there, Portland. <laughs> <laughs> if you that can't really do- good rock, mate. Like, I got hard. you, Juvia. I got you. If you can't do those things to stay stay in shape, then what's you going to do? I mean, I get what you're saying, and I'm not going to sit up here and disagree with it. I'm just saying there are reasonable. Reason, valid reasons that these things aren't happening. Enough said. I just really wanted to make that limitless joke. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts about Keith Lee's debut? You look good. Uh, so we had after this, CM Punk and his mystery partner, uh, which ended up being John Moxley uh, versus FTR in, I mean, a legit, fantastic tag team match. Uh, got a little busy uh, towards the end with uh, Tully Blanchard interference and 
Um, Jesus. Him, like, kind of having a hard time going up for a go to sleep. Uh, but, I mean, this this match was awesome. I mean, just really fantastic tag team wrestling. Um, you know, with Punk and Moxley being the ones on the other side of FTR, like, both of those guys are mega protected, and Punk had just lost, like, last week. Uh, Moxley doesn't lose much. Um, he has the most wins, like, in AEW, like, history. And it is, you know, just, it's something that doesn't happen that much. So, going into it, I'm like, well, FDR is going to lose, especially because the stipulation is that MJF uh, will be wrestling, you know, CM Punk. Uh, if CM Punk can win, and they probably want to do that match because, you know, it's a money match, maybe something to do for the pay-per-view. I don't know. I didn't expect FTR to win, but I can understand where it is interesting where you guys have two guys that never tagged in their life beat, like, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So um, that part is uh, iffy. I can see some folks arguing that it shouldn't be like that. Uh, regardless of the outcome, um, this match loved it. It's one of those people that you can see having a problem with that outcome on this podcast right now. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, I can point to him uh, for the jurors. Okay. Oh, let can let the record reflect that Zach was pointing at the black guy. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't say that. You didn't ask him who he was pointing to. Okay. Yeah, objection, Your Honor. Yeah, let the record reflect. <laughs> objection, Your Honor. He never asked a follow up question. Yeah, I'm that guy. You know, I'm that guy. I'll just say this, man. You said everything that I I wanted to say, and I guess my biggest problem with this is the fact that not only is if this was like the mega powers, you know, like you fucking Hogan and Savage, okay, maybe, maybe I'll give you the pass on Kinda that. Kinda is the mega powers for is AEW. It? Yeah. Is it? Yes. Is it? Yes. Has Punk won anything yet? No, Not really. If you want if you want to do Okay, fine. Let's just say it they're for the sake of argument, they're the mega powers of AEW. I'm not necessarily saying that I don't agree with it. Just do it against somebody else. They're the two biggest baby do faces it, in the company. Then do it against somebody else. If AEW, one of the big things we were we had a, a love for AEW with, or at least for me, was tag team wrestling. If you're going to do your potential top five tag team like this against the mega powers, the AEW mega powers in this case, then what... I just I have a problem with the the concept of single wrestlers beating a, a legitimate tag team to begin with. Number one, number two, especially now in this scenario where you didn't have Mox and Punk even really acknowledge each other until this point, and now you're getting them together and they beat FTR. FTR can absorb the loss. We can all agree upon that. Just pick another team and then build up to the FTR match to where now FTR has to defend MJF from they're the last line of defense. Yeah, but Punk had to win to get his rematch against MJF. So they were like, go find somebody back there that likes that even likes you. Besides these two dweebs. 
and and he went back and got Moxley. John Moxley. Oh, okay, and commentary did a great job. Okay, Moxley beat MJF. Crowd and he was, went nuts. Look, I'm not disagreeing with the call. I mean, what a fun moment. It caught me off guard because I'm like, okay, who's in the back? Who's in the back? You know, Moxley's obviously back there, but he was one of the last people I was thinking of. And he came out, I was like, okay, you know, this makes sense. But it still shouldn't take away from the fact that FTR is one of those tag teams that you're going to have to come back to at some point to get this tag team division over. You're a nerd. It's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Don't talk to my dog like that after I called you. Right? <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was a really fun segment. I thought it was a really good match. It did get a little busy at the end, but I mean, it was a match that had stakes too. I'm not disagreeing with that. The only thing I really, really hated was Tully Blanchard, the interference with Tully Blanchard. If you're going to interfere, don't be swinging your gold coat. Take the coat off and put some fucking, you know, bows on this motherfucker. Don't be like, ooh, get off my boy. Get off my boy. I was like, dude, I don't even recognize you at this point. Were you a four horseman or are you just that dude right now? Damn. Uh, Zach, anything else to say about this? Uh, no. Uh- <laughs> what do we got next? Uh, what was next? Um, there was some stuff in the middle. There was a couple women's matches um, that did not do much for the women's division uh, here. Actually, um, only one, uh, as uh, far as I can tell. No, there was two matches. There was Jade versus AQA making her AEW debut. And that match is a little clunky in spots, but, I mean, I thought it was pretty entertaining from where I was sitting. And then there was Serena, Serena Deeb squashed oh, yeah, a gal named Katie Arquette. Uh, Serena Deeb. It was a real quick match, but she Any was, relation to David Arquette? I don't think so, but... The name was spelled the same. The match was real quick because Serena Deeb's manager just thought that she was out back by the dumpster having a smoke, but tables 13 to 14 <laughs> needed more iced tea. <laughs> you gotta beat your ass right now. God, I can't stand you. Table hey, 13 was mad that their Bourbon Street steak was a little overcooked. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, shit. I'm, I'm mad at myself that I'm laughing because you were making that joke. Serena Deeb is dope. Okay, the fact that you think she's the Applebee's server <laughs> makes me mad that I'm even laughing at that joke right now. Unreal. She offered her opponent a twenty percent off coupon for their next visit. Okay, see, see, hey, 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 dollar, dollar margarita. Hey, you ain't dollar you, margarita Wednesdays. Hey, two beer. You ain't supposed to be co-signing, motherfucker. <laughs> it's your two count. Get get a hold of your two count, man. I'm just saying, uh, so, if they ever if they ever wanted to win the belt, they should quadruple seater and then have her just take a break. She can come out, whip some ass, and get back in there. Man, kiss my narrow ass. Okay, bring extra lemons for water and shit. <laughs> Um, AQA. Do we? Does anybody remember who AQA was? No, they said it was her AEW debut. Later, Rainier. Okay, thank you. Remember when Tony Storm lost to the black chick that did the sweet ass uh, shooting star press on NXT, and this was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Same yeah, that's, chick. Uh, that's the only move she has. Stop it. Seriously. Like, I mean, she was lost. Like, deer in headlights lost, and then she did the shooting star press. Like, she's just green. It's fine. But she has a good-looking shooting star press, and, like, that's, like, her her thing. Like, I get this one move in every time. 
I'll just uh, I don't I want not I'm not gonna go that far. Was it a little clunky? I'll give that on the fact that it's clunky. But you got one really green versus someone that's kind of green in the same match. It's probably going to get a little clunky. The two things I'll take away from this match and from Jade overall, number one, I think Jade did something like a tour of the islands kind of at the end, right before she did her uh, her legit finisher. Now, she can do that tour of the islands like Jeff Cobb does. That's just another one you know, Arsenal in her uh, repertoire, so to speak. The bigger picture is sooner or later, she's going to do Serena the same way. They're going to run into somebody that's going to answer their open challenge and fuck them up. And that's how you're going to get a a different storyline going forward with both of them. Jade isn't right now about the, the undefeated streak and she's a champ on top of it. That's how you're getting her over. Serena Deeb is now like, you know, I'm beating everybody else up. Just bring me somebody that's on my level. She just should come back at some point and now give you give you that match right there. I mean, to Zach's point, there was a match on Rampage that was Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez that was way better than either one of these matches. Um, last thing I'll say about these women's matches is, man, Serena even sounds like the name of an old Applebee's waitress, doesn't it? Like, it, <laughs> sounds, it. it sounds like Dude. it sounds like if you were I'm there. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm done with your boy right like, here. Like, and you get your you get your check, and at the top it says Serena D, and you're like, ah, that chick looks like a Serena. <laughs> she smelled like L and M's. You know what? Kurt Stallion, <laughs> you know, dog slapped the shit out of you about a few years ago. I want Serena D to come over and give you like that one legged, you know, <laughs> Boston crab, and let's see how you can how long you last on that one. That to me would be the next big ass BFR episode. You, uh, you bring Serena D over here and have her go to town on me. I guarantee you, I'd last about eight seconds. Chick looks good. Hey, I didn't say I was above. I didn't say I was above banging old waitresses. Jesus Christ! I, I'm so glad I, I swallowed that beer before he really made that joke. That makes me feel a lot better. Go ahead. I'm happily married. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> to a woman that used to waitress <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> and then finally, we had uh, Adam Hangman Page versus the Murder Hawk Lance Archer in a Texas Death Match. Jason, what did you think? The only thing I ever ask for a match that is predictable is for it to be a good match. This was a good match. That's all I can ever ask for it. Lance Archer drew some comparisons to Goldberg from some guys I saw on Twitter. I'm just like, okay, that's not the same thing. Lance Archer's role is to come over here and add to the Adam page legacy whatever that is if it's five matches if it's 50 matches whatever the case may be this is one of those scenarios where in a texas death match where lance archer beat john moxley the last time they he had a texas death match so i mean it was obviously advantage lance archer coming in I didn't think it was going to be that much color. There was blood everywhere, <laughs> which was really good, which is what a Texas death match should be. Um, one of the big spots is where Lance Archer bounces Adam Page off the steel steps. Steel steps, I'm thinking, okay, you know, and I like the fact that uh, Archer, you know, pounded on the steel steps, you know, hey, this motherfucker, this shit's real. And when he put the blackout on him, I was waiting for the steel steps to bounce, and he never did. He <laughs> Page hits that bad boy, bounces off. 
at the end of the day, brutal. I hate the fact. Brutal. Absolutely yeah, brutal. I hate the fact that it's, it's two things that I didn't really necessarily like the match about in this scenario. I hate the fact that they went away from, from it when it was picture in picture, when uh, Lance Archer was really starting to, and this is just me being a little – little ignorant just i'd like to see a little blood i wanted to see how lance archer took that fucking ring post and started to dig into fucking uh adam page's head and then busting them open from that point it's just blood everywhere that's the way a texas death match should be the biggest thing is it was obviously predictable who was going to win but I like the story that they told from point A to point B. I hate the fact that Lance Archer is a is going to be that guy in this Adam Page story. But ultimately, I get where we're going. Adam Cole comes out. It all makes sense. I was waiting for Adam Cole to super kick him in his face, and he did the one thing that I didn't expect to happen. Picked up the belt, put it on his shoulders. Hold that for me, champ. I'll be back for that in a second. The match was really good. The finish was, was predictable. Zach? Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, really, just uh, old school deathmatch shit, you know. Like, uh, like the visuals. <laughs> Lance Archer stabbing him with the fork, and he's licking the blood. Like, oh, I might do this. COVID. It's COVID. It's COVID. Don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, there's some brutal spots. Um, Dan Lambert taking the top rope off, thinking that that was going to uh, keep Adam Page from hitting his move, uh, but he managed to uh, do it without the top rope, just vaulted over and uh, got his momentum that way. Uh, super fun match. And um, and it was funny, uh, Adam Page tweeted, he said, I'm tired of bleeding every month. And I saw some chicks <laughs> say, welcome to my world. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> got him. <laughs> no shit I saw I saw that Adam Page tweet I wish I'd have seen Just seen one of somebody else A woman say You know Welcome to my world That would have been Absolutely amazing Somebody quote tweet that shit But go ahead I was a big fan yeah, of this Big fan of this uh, match At first I didn't get that joke And then I was like Oh <laughs> Alright go ahead Uh this match was exactly what it should have been. It was a successful title defense for Adam Page, which is, you know, putting a title on somebody is a good move, uh, but letting them defend that title successfully a couple times is an even better move. See Biggie Langston. Ooh, uh, see, you stole my thunder. Uh, the I love that they took off the top rope. You know, it makes it. Just it's a no DQ Texas death match, right? So taking off the top rope so that you can take away his devastating finish is just you know, you don't have to make wrestling too complicated. You just have to make it just a little smart. Just don't treat us like we're the dumbest motherfuckers in the world. Hey man. Okay. So I'm I I'm here with you. I'm suspending my disbelief. I know that it's a Texas death match. I know these guys are working together. Yeah, have them take off the top rope. Fuck it. That's interesting. That's something I've never seen before and the way that Adam Page figured out how to do the lariat all oh, over the over the, on the referee. Back. That's where I was like, okay, Brilliant that's shit. hot. That's hot. Okay. Brilliant shit. Just and at great that point, yeah. All I ask is just make it make sense. I know what's going to happen. In, in this scenario, I know what's going to happen. 
but just get us from point A to point B and don't insult my intelligence on the way to do it. That's all I I mean, not any more than you already are, like, by (laughs) me watching wrestling. But don't make it, just treat me with some fucking respect, you know what I mean? Uh, Adam Cole coming out uh, makes tons of sense. I wish their names weren't Adam Page and Adam Cole, and I wish they weren't about the same size, and I wish they didn't have the same color and length of hair. But... I think that Adam Cole is going to take it from him. What do you think, Zach? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I haven't thought of anyone taking it off of him except um, MJF. That seemed like the logical succession to me. Uh, It could happen. I think he's a very valid contender. And, I mean, the dude... We've seen him be the top guy. We know he can do it, and he's entertaining at it. And he's, I mean, just total, seems like total salt of the earth guy, somebody I'd really like it for to see it, that happen. Um, but yeah, I hadn't thought about it. Uh, maybe. Um, but I, I'm going to lean no. Jason, so. what do you think? Does Adam Cole take the belt off of Adam Page? Hmm. feels early I guess that's my knee jerk I mean I expect Adam Cole to be the champion at some point but I mean my knee jerk reaction would it be like it, it feels early but uh, that's actually maybe, a, a point in its favor to do it because uh, they tend to have these longer title reigns so um, it could you know maybe that's the wise. reason why they did excuse me this Lance Archer match and, you know, the other matches where, you know, Adam Page is dumping blood. Here's my argument for it. Um, AEW, well, I'll say this. Adam Page has already gone over Kenny Omega. Check. He has had a draw, and a, an hour-long draw, and a 30-minute win over Brian Danielson. Double check. Uh, he's a baby face. AEW was smart enough to know that probably having a heel as your title holder makes more sense story-wise. Check. Question mark. I mean, every other promotion in the world usually has heel champions, except for WWE. Yeah, I mean, face champions move merch. I'll tell you what Roman is a heel champion Let's just get that off the table right now I'll say this though I don't know if this proves my point right or wrong And I don't know if this proves what Zach just said right or wrong But at the Royal Rumble The most The the shirt that I saw Walking around the most that people were wearing Was the bloodline yeah. Roman Reigns shirt Damn right. I mean he is it was 50% of yeah. every shirt that I saw was Roman Reigns or the Bloodline. It, it, he is, they are what WWE is. Okay, let's just push that aside for 30 seconds. Let's just concentrate on AEW for, th- for 30 seconds. I'm not going to sit up here and say that Adam Cole, baby, is not going to be champion. I'm... 
you are going to have to, if he loses the title, he being Adam Page loses the title, Adam Cole, baby, you're going to have to show me a story that makes sense. It's, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It could easily happen, but somehow, some way, all of the other AEW champions have been champions for a long time. If Adam Page is going to be the I before E except after C, show me the reason why. All right. Uh, any other thoughts about AEW this week? Rampage was fun. Uh, Adam Cole cut a really good promo. Uh, Which Rick, that's up on Wednesday. Right. Ricky Starks versus Jay Lethal. That's the one. Was a good match. Yeah. I was going to say, I like that ending where. Uh, so was Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. It, it was fine. It, it, like Tubier said, it was one. It was the match, the first match, and in, in a DQ. And the Spanish God, Sam Guevara versus Isaiah Casti. Uh, Sam Guevara looked like a million bucks. I think he always does. I think Sam Guevara is the next round of guys where we were talking about the younger crop. Him, Jungle That's Boy. A crop. That's a real <laughs> crop. Him, Jungle Boy, uh, those guys. I would almost say Sammy Guevara would probably the fir- be the first to be that group's AEW champ. Well, I should just say that. MJF first, Sammy Guevara second, Jungle Boy third. He's a carved beef. Real piece of carved ham. Is that from Man, I Think You Should Leave? Just, is that is that yeah. from the cutest baby in the world, Scott? Yeah, little buff boys. Little buff boys. Okay, see? I see. I've seen it. <laughs> I was about to say, get your boy over here. <laughs> I don't know where he's going. Ah, this gazpacho burn my lips. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, great. The Nazi police burned your lips. Oh, that's a that's a joke. Yeah. Um, Paul but, Bufano. Uh, Paul Bufano. <laughs> oh, you know, it was on the Coltrane Comedy Hour. Played the high C all night long. <laughs> <laughs> On. We listened to his album that night that I told you that you'd never be a good writer because you don't have a curious mind. Um, God damn it, I love that line. I love that line so much. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, I will say, we haven't mentioned, uh, and I, you know, not nothing like uh, weird um, as far as like, we have a lot of like hatred and stuff like on Twitter for a long time for no reason. Uh, but uh, man, Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti are like the cutest couple ever. And we'll probably have like the best, the best looking baby in history. They're going to name it Zach. That would they be should. really nice. They should. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. Okay, so I'm a, I'm sure that everybody was at the edge of their seats. I know that everybody. Did you have to work Tuesday night because? You gotta avoid the spoilers for NXT because Jesus Christ, it was big. <laughs> but um, listen, NXT 2.0 is a mixed bag. I don't hate it. There are parts of it that I don't hate. A lot of it is very hateable. <laughs> example one. Example one. Segment okay. one. Not hateable. In fact, likable. In the Dusty Rhodes Classic, we had the Creeds who were part of Diamond Mine, versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. <coughs> I'm scared to ask who won this match. The Creeds. In a very fun match. In a No, I mean, it was good tag team wrestling. 
What are you rolling your eyes at? Are you just rolling your eyes because it's fucking... No, I like Grizz and Young veterans. They shouldn't be losing to the Kree brothers, but this is the the NXT 2.0. I'll be bitching about this the whole way through. Go ahead. Any thoughts? Was, was it clean? Any, any thoughts, Zach? No, he didn't watch it. He didn't watch this shit. I just shit. want to know if he has thoughts on it. Two beer. Did you watch NXT 2.0? So much for us being so polite to each other. Jesus. No, no. Shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Let's just fuck off. Shut up. I think I might be the one of the two of us that actually might have watched it. Quote unquote. Shut the fuck up. Might have watched it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I like Grizzled Young Veterans. I think they deserve more than what they are getting on. NXT 2.0. Creek Brothers makes sense. Go ahead. Zach, that's you. No, that's you. He didn't watch it. I'm the only one that watched it. Yeah, and even if I did watch it, I even have. I, I, I watched bits and pieces of it. I watched the main so, event. Tiffany, that's, so that was good. And Dude, come the, on. The next, the next segment Go ahead. was bad. I actually have it written down here. As Stratton versus Stratton, but I wasn't even high when I wrote that down, so maybe I'm just fucking losing my mind. Yeah, but it I was, was gonna... Stratton versus Wendy Chu, which could oh, have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. been one of the most offensive, stupid, not offensive like it offends, it, it just offended my sensibilities. <laughs> like, not only as a wrestling fan, but as a TV watcher, it was You terrible. know, Wendy Chu is uh, the former Tia Shaw, correct? Uh, no, I didn't. I don't, but they saddled her with a terrible gimmick, uh, just absolutely awful, like. Tiffany Stratton, I think, is easy on the eyes. Is is she good in the ring? I mean, I guess there's the question. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> up, we had uh, Draco. Oh, fuck, I didn't write down his last name. Draco Anderson? Malfoy. Mm. That's what I say. Don't look at me, man. <laughs> you look at me. say, this is where I have left NXT and WWE in general for a weekly basis. Draco Even, Anthony, Draco Anthony. Pete Dunn versus Draco Anthony. I was wondering where Pete Dunn was. Pete Dunn goes over in six minutes and 50 seconds. Jesus Christ. He's in a tanning bed right now. No, it's... it's <laughs> you ain't shit. Dunn is going to have a match against Tony, Tony D'Angelo. Tony okay. Oh, now you know what I'm talking so about? well done after being in a tanning bed for so long. <laughs> Tony D'Angelo buried, quote-unquote, Pete uh, Dunn like weeks ago, and now Pete Dunn just came back. So uh, it was more like, where a, is Pete Dunn? It wasn't Dunn? a burial. No wonder a Funeral, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I was more, more worried about, is Pete Dunn coming to the main roster, or is this a scenario where... He's having we, a weaponized cage match against Tony D'Angelo. A weaponized cage match? Yes. What What is... Please, what is a weaponized cage match? Uh, it's like that it's match that Jericho. And, match. It's like that <laughs> match that Jericho and Ambrose had a couple of years ago, where they were in a cage, but there were a bunch of weapons in there too. That's like, that's hilarious that we thought of the same thing. Like and that was what they called it. They called it the asylum match. Out of all the matches, I can't believe that we both. Oh, is that, that what you said? The asylum match? Yes, that's what I thought yeah. of too. Yeah, it's a weaponized cage match. Which I think that gimmick. I mean, the match for some reason just didn't work, and I never tried it again. But. I would love to see him try to bring it back. I was into it. Like you're hanging like chainsaws and shit from like the ceiling. Like yeah, because we're up. we're gonna use chainsaws. That match was like unbelievably bad, though. 
Exactly. It was really bad. That's like the Lady Killers, the Coen Brothers movie, the Lady Killers. Like, every Coen Brothers movie fucking rips. And then they made Lady Killers, and you watch it, and you're like, what the fuck? Is this the same guys that made Barton Fink? Um, so, after, yeah. after that, we had uh, Sanga versus L.A. Knight. It was fine. Okay. I was about to say, I couldn't tell you who Sanger was. He strolled down he's here shanky, right now. right? Or Veer? I don't Veer, no. Veer is coming to Raw. We're waiting for Veer to come. Oh. Did you see what I just did, though? I didn't even know that I was doing it when I did it. Good call. I have I'll give tag you credit. team blindness. blindness. This is <laughs> one of the few times where they both actually look alike, and you pick the right guy. Oh, besides the Jacksons? Besides the Young Bucks? Like you always make fun of me for not thinking the young bucks look you alike. You don't they know look who they exactly alike. Shanky and Veer don't look anything alike. The young bucks, I will give you a little, a smidge, smidge credit. Thanks. You might They're have harder. a problem with that. I could tell. They're apart, brothers. I could tell apart Oscar and Kyrie Sane though. Look at you, big boy. <laughs> look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> Fuck you. Shut the fuck up. Uh, next up, we had Braun Breaker and Santos for the contract signing. Oh, Jesus. And it gets crashed by... Dolph Ziggler? Dolph, really? Dolph Ziggler, who came out and kind of shat all over NXT. He kind of did. I, did you watch it? I watched the YouTube replay of it. I'm not going to... It was pretty, uh, pretty good. It was good in the sense that... He kind of shitted on Santos, Braun Breaker, NXT in general because, you know, he's one of the few that can not necessarily have NXT as their uh, basis, dare I say. My only problem was, is this. If you're bringing Dolph in, you need to have Dolph come in and put over somebody. Dolph versus Ciampa, I'm almost worried about Dolph going over. I don't think that Vince go. I don't think Vince brings guys down to NXT and then have his main roster guys. When he came out, it wasn't like it was an NXT Dolph Ziggler. It was Raw Dolph Ziggler. Oh, yeah. And And that was the first thing I tripped off of. There's something way more heelish about him, too, when he has straight hair. Yeah. When he straightens his hair, he looks a lot more heelish. Uh, Zach, Looks like a Karen. Zach, does Ziggler versus Ciampa move your needle? Not even a little bit. Wouldn't that be a funny question on the dating game? It's like Bachelor number three. Does Ciampa versus Ziggler move your needle? No, no. I just can't think that Ciampa versus Ziggler move my needle. You know, I kind of think that Ciampa is cute, but I like straight long hair. So I like to think that. It would be like Bachelor number one would be like Ciampa on my zipper might move my needle. Jesus. Bachelor number two, when's the last time you brawn to someone's breaker? (laughs) (laughs) This is going. (laughs) Everybody, buckle up. Doesn't move your needle at all, huh, Zach? I mean, I'm sure it would be a good match, but, like, why? Thank you. That's um, that's the only thing. Why are we doing it? Because it's pro wrestling, man. You know how much pro wrestling we watch? Yeah, I, I know I tr- how much pro wrestling I watch. Bring bring Champa up and do it on the main roster. Then mm-hmm. that's that's what it doesn't. Mean. That's a worst idea. 
At least in no. at least on this scenario, Ciampa has a fighting chance to win this match. If you if you bring Ciampa up on the main roster, there's no way it's going to happen. Also, they'll at probably get five, also they'll probably, probably get five extra Ciampa. they'll probably get five extra minutes at NXT, which would actually make it a good match. But I would still think that Dolph Ziggler wins that match. I would be stunned if Dog Ziggler didn't win that match. I would be stunned if Braun Breaker didn't beat Santos Escobar. I, for me, WWE falls into certain matches I want to see versus watching it weekly. I want to see Braun Breaker versus Walter. I'm not calling him Gunther. That motherfucker's Walter. I want to see, you know, if we're going to do title versus title, I want to see... Brock versus Roman Reigns, all the chips in the middle. At this point, with especially with the main roster, it's so thin, there's no reason to have two titles on the men's or the women's side. So that's why I'm not necessarily opposed to a triple threat match on the women's side. Put it all up on the table. Let's just be done with it. I'm not going to sit there and say that WWE can't make stars, but they don't do it very well. So let's just have one title on the women's side, one title on the men's side. Uh, you know, here's your mid-card titles. Have your tag team champions on the men's side. Let's just eliminate the women's titles, tag team titles altogether. That's how you fix WWE, in my opinion. Yeah, there should only be three singles men titles. The heavyweight title. Check. The intercontinental title. And the 24-7 title. That's it. This yeah. This motherfucker. More no, no. titles. Give me more titles. <laughs> this motherfucker was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, don't do not co-sign with this Man, shit. When you, when you gave me the check on the first one, I was like, ooh, I got him hook, line, and sleep. <laughs> I dropped this 24-7 joke. No. I got him. No. Uh, we're going to skip past Saray and Dakota Kai. Saray won. Dakota Kai. Jesus. Why did you bring her back? 1.0, I guess. Uh, MSK versus... Give me a second. Anofe. Uh, oh, the, the two black guys. Yeah. Yeah. The, Real black guys, you know, like yeah. super black guys. Like like African black guys. Well, like um, the one's name is Anofe. Yeah. Enos, I won't say Enos Anofe, but I I remember who you're talking about. Um, who's the tag team partner Enos Anofe and Malik Blade. Yeah, Malik anyway, Blade, the really thin, thin black guy. About an 11-minute match. The black guys MSK. won? No, MSK went over, but okay. it was a high spot fest. It, it that makes sense. It could have easily opened up a dynamite and had the crowd going nuts for Not it. That. Oh, I forgot, to, I forgot to say my favorite part of the Dolph Ziggler <laughs> promo was when he said to Ciampa, he's like, this is your home, right? You called it this your home? He's like, the same 200 Floridians come in here and they'll cheer for anything you do. <laughs> when you taking the helmet off? When you taking oh, off the training wheels? wheels? And then that was on. It's <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> really good stuff. Anyway, MSK versus the Creed Brothers is the uh, Dusty Classic Finals. Oh, real, real classic. Stop. Stop. Oh, good. No, actually, go ahead and shit on it first. I'll go a second. Go ahead. Didn't MSK beat Grizzled Young Veterans last year? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, they wanted to change it up a little bit. Dude, here's my problem with... Go ahead, Tubi. I'll let you go first. Uh... Oh, I... No, I'm not... He doesn't have any... Okay. Here's my problem with this. If you're going to make it 2.0, then just make it 2.0. There's, like... 
um, Kaylee Ray lost to Manny Rose in the main event. Like, that was a shocker that was going to happen. They keep Io Shirai on NXT when you know, you know she has no business on NXT. She has checked off all the NXT boxes at this point. So now she's on NXT. Why? To put Mandy Rose over. Right, wrong, or different? That's happening. Kaylee Ray, God bless her. She was running NXT UK for damn near a year and a half. And now Mandy Rose, fuckery or not, she beats Kaylee Ray. That's what I don't like about this NXT. I get I will say, I do actually have an opinion. No, interrupt. Mm -mm. But breaking news 100% ready for NXT 3.0. Who's in NXT 3.0? I don't know. I. It's something different, though, because this shit ain't working. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's not fine, it's Bill. Fine. Don't, don't, no, don't. It's, it's better than Raw and SmackDown. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Oh, I disagree. I think it's, it's better. Than, it's, it's, I would rather watch NXT. I would ra- I take that back. I would rather watch Raw every week versus watching NXT. That shit's brutal. It's not even bad wrestling. Now it's bad entertainment that, value that is that's I'm bad, actually, bad i'm actually shocked to hear this i'd rather look i'd rather raw is a hard grind for three hours to go through on a monday night i'd rather watch that than watch nxt that's an hour less that is that bad that shit's rather, brutal that, that that shit's brutal. That's legit amazing to me. No, that's yeah. I mean, I I had sweet box tickets to Raw because Raw was in Portland uh, this week. I'd, I'd rather watch that show. than watch NXT right now. Zach, the which current one would you NXT rather watch? watch? The current, the current. The, okay, two beer. The current. Yeah, no, we know it's NXT. Not best, yeah, we got versus it. the current Raw roster. Which would you rather watch? No, I'd rather watch the NXT. Oh, you out your goddamn it's not mind? Not even close, dude. Do you think you're ever going to see MSK versus Idris Anofi and Malik Blade fight each other on Raw? Okay, are any of of those four guys going to be on Raw? If they're going to be on Raw, they're going to be those guys that are going to eat pins and going to be moved along, and you're never going to know about them right now. So would you rather watch them on NXT where they don't do that? You're not going to know them anyway. They're going to be dead bodies, okay? This is the, the the sad part about you know getting all excited about these guys on NXT. They don't a, matter was, on the WWE hey, main roster. As a, as a wrestling fan, it was an enjoyable way to spend eleven minutes watching MSK versus Idris Anofe. You want to watch? You want to watch? Five fucking, bucks says we, we bring this up at the end of the year. He he don't even remember this conversation. Of course, I'm not gonna remember this conversation. We have fucking fifty of these a year. <laughs> don't get don't. Let's not I die just, on just, this heel. Yeah, but I just think you'd rather watch Raw, which is like... I'd much rather watch that than watch what... Or it, watch just Roman Reigns come out and say, acknowledge, uh, fucking uh, Green Oh, I'm field. sorry. So Mandy, Rose, so Mandy Rose all of a sudden should beat Kaylee Ray, who has been... Who was the NXT UK champion for damn near two years. Two years... Io Shirai hasn't even been anywhere you're talking around. About, you're talking about talking why about, NXT uh, sucks. Okay. I'm talking about NXT sucking, but sucking less than Raw. 
Io Shirai has been nowhere in the conversation Dude. of the NXT Women's Champion. Okay. And now, all of a sudden, now you're going to bring her up so you can put her over Manny Rose. This shit ain't no different than what the, the main roster I'll is. I'll tell you what. It go, ain't no different. Go watch a Nikki Ash wrestling match with three commercial breaks. I know, you ain't, I know you ain't talking about the the, the Lions and all these other, you know, big titty chicks that I don't even know who the fuck they are. Look, I love, love me some Electra Lopez. That's my future ex-wife. That being said, I would still rather watch the eight. I would rather watch. I'm not arguing about the women. What I'm saying is Raw manages to get these 45-minute segments out of one wrestler or two wrestlers at a time by having them come out and talk, and then they come out and have a singles, and they come out and have a tag team match. And you'd rather wa- I'd re- I would rather watch NXT where at least they're trying stuff with characters than Raw that's been stuck in neutral Look, you, or you, slightly in reverse for the last five Look, years. You can throw some shit on the wall and watch and try to see which one sticks if you want to. I just rather watch some shit that just can mindlessly blow me away, yay or nay, and just let me go away for three and a half hours versus, you know, oh, is this who, which? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold just one second, one second. Hold on one second. That's going to do it for our three count. (laughs) (laughs) All right, some odds and ends here. Uh, I don't really have any odds and ends. Ooh, uh, Bianca Belair versus Nikki A.S.H. <laughs> Bianca Belair went oh, oh, four yes, minutes. Yes, uh, yes. Miz versus the Mysterios. So Miz and Dom had a three-minute match. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Rollins and KO had a backstage segment. Okay, so uh, it, it, okay, oh, KO versus Austin Theory. Okay, there match. you go. That's what that's what I wanted to hear you say. What's up with that? Is KO getting ready to get into the elimination chamber? Yeah, you know. I, I hope so, but I mean, they can just tell me what happens. I mean, it's my fault for watching this shit every week. So, here's my question: If you had, there's pretty much five, six guys in there, and there's one spot of choice. It's KO, Austin Theory. You rather have KO in that last spot? Neither guy's going to win. Neither guy's going to win. No, I'd rather have Theory. I'd rather put a new guy over. Give KO the week off. (laughs) I mean, he's making salary. It's like give him, give him, give him I'm not the, I'm not disagree with you. I just wanted to, I wanted to see Plus, where the, I, I where mean, your head was at on this is, one. Wrestling is fun when you have fresh stuff. I want to see fresh. No, stuff. I, I want to see Austin Theory get bounced around the elimination chair before like 20, 30 minutes, give or take. I do too. Before he gets F five. Right. Well, I mean, everybody's getting ready to get F five turn a little bit. Let's see. Uh, the Becky Lynch Lita segment was fine. Fine. Yeah. Didn't really. Uh, Brock Lesnar's going to turn the elimination chamber into fucking Joplin, Missouri. <laughs> uh, we'll be back after these messages. That almost killed Jason. <laughs> for for any, it went dead silent. Well, that's because Jason's dying. <laughs> you know, for any listeners that we have in the Joplin area, that we we will we're donating to the cause. It's been years. Yeah, I just have been mowed the road across uh, my entire life savings for that joke. 
unfortunately for them, it was $11. Yeah, no. Like, Zach, who's the butt of that joke? You're punching down, sir. You are punching down. The butt of the, butt, the, butt of the joke Vincent Mann. Yeah, okay, I guess so. I'll give you that. <laughs> That's punching up. Remember the punch up, everybody. Um, Riddle versus Seth Rollins would have been a lot cooler if they would have let go. It turns into RK Bro versus Seth Rollins and KO. Seth no, Rollins and we, KO win. We have to get at some point where RKO or Randy RKO's KO. Jesus, that's right. Gee, what's it? And uh, Seth just kind of laughs and goes to the back. So is that are, are we are we are we cold headed? Are we headed to a uh, cold blooded? Are we headed to a uh, another KO versus Seth Rollins WrestleMania match? God, I hope not. I really don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. The one they had, I guess, was a year ago, two years ago. No, it was the Performance Center WrestleMania, and it was the yeah. best. It was the best match of the weekend. I, was, I keep forgetting that shit. It was it, he went when he jumped off the uh, the boat or whatever. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't want to see it. It, it it feels like it's too close, but it, it's I get it. I just I don't know. My well, knee jerk I mean, reaction is to say no. I don't want to see it right away because this is a match I wish was for a belt. What Seth versus KO? Yeah, if they end up doing it. Well, I mean, I guess there's the ultimate problem. You brought Brock back to do. Okay, I'll just say this: if we're gonna do title versus title, I want to do it and be done with it. Whoever wins, wins. I don't want to see, you know, two titles, main roster titles anymore, women's or men's. There should be one women's title champion. There should be one men's title champion. They're not going to unify it. You don't. The rosters aren't that deep anymore, Bill. A new shirt for Roman that says Roman two reigns. (laughs) I mean, it writes itself. And if that's not patented, we two should beer, go fucking patent it right Okay, now. I was getting ready to say, two beer car are, are, are attorney number one and patent that shit. John number Mallet. two, I think, are you not, I guess, which side are you on? Title unification or do you have two titles? I have been on the, the boat of brand and title unification for a while. Yeah, everybody no, is except no for me. That two brands. It, it's always like it, like that. I'm I have I have always been a minority because I remember watching the Attitude Era when they had the this motherfucker. The Attitude Era, everybody was on Raw, everybody was on SmackDown. They had the heavyweight title, the Intercontinental, the U.S., the European, and the Hardcore, and the tag teams. Yeah, it's only fucking titles, man. As you said, it's a shit ton of titles. And my only problem with that era, not enough titles. <laughs> come, on, I say, come on man at a certain point you, know, my, you ever seen the movie multiplicity with kevin michael, uh with michael, michael keaton? keaton yeah i was gonna really say never seen it heard a lot about it you know what my problem with that movie is not, not enough of michael, michael keaton, keaton. <laughs> there's only four of them i think that's enough you mean another keaton okay so let's let's put this really theory like- to the test if there's four of me, that was my favorite one. Four of me, yeah, that's okay. That's not, that's not too many. Yeah, 
Okay, that's what I thought. At one time? Oh, yeah, you'd be fine. I, I could, the four of you over at my house at one time, that'd be fine. You're a very good house guest, <laughs> and you're also really funny, and you laugh at all the right stuff, and you're you're very respectful. Like, yeah, I would love four of you. One of those jokers is going to be like the... Have, the, the I, mean, four, I mean, four of me? One of those four of yous or the four of me's is going to be the bad four of yous, four of me's. It's, no, no, no. All the, it's like the Dana Vito's no, of, no, but of twins. But they're all you, though. You said four of you, and you're not a bad one. Zach. <laughs> now that motherfucker there. Or Zach. <laughs> wouldn't be able to feed him. <laughs> no. Dude didn't even laugh. He laughs at everything I say. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna feel bad about that for the next week. He said nope. I'm sorry. I was actually very uh distracted. There's somebody at my house. Sorry. Do we have to drive up? Oh no, just a visitor. Uh, okay. I was not Give yeah, us like, like 14, 15 hours. We'll be there. There's nothing else to talk about anyway. That's going to do it for our odds and ends. This is banned from ringside. All right. We got some birthdays this week. Taichi Ishimori. Mm-hmm. 39. Stone Pitbull in the house. The aforementioned Ken Shamrock. He was on my brain. I know that's the only reason I brought him up. He was on my brain. He's 58 this week. Uh, Hernandez. He was mentioned on... AEW Dynamite. This That's week. when I was like, "Oh, you need to beat his ass." Was, no, you did not bring up. <laughs> it was great. Uh, but now you need to beat yeah, his ass. Akeem, the one man gang. Uh, is he even? I'm not even going to ask That's that. So I'm asking. I'm gonna go with speaking of white people. Yeah, yeah no right. shit. Yeah, get in here, two beer. God damn. I'm gonna Akeem? go with RIP. I'm gonna go with RIP. Uh, I mean, I'll have to. Don't look quote it. me on that, Jesus I'll Christ. I'll have to look it up. Please and thank you. Please, I don't want to say like, please be RIP, so I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. Okay, damn, too weird. You had to throw me underneath the bus like that so quickly. Hold on, look it up, look it up, look it up. Please God, please God, please God. Oh, he's alive. Yes, <laughs> it's good to be wrong sometimes. George Gray, Taking booking. George Gray. Akeem, the African dream. Ah. All right. Anyway, he's 62. Happy birthday, Akeem. Happy birthday. Thanks for being alive. Somebody get this to Akeem. If you're listening, you know Akeem, the one-man gang. <laughs> Just playing that whole conversation where we were trying to determine if he was alive or dead. Sorry. I'm a bad person. Tommy Dreamer is... 50, Definitely alive. 51. Viscera. I'm going with R.I.P. on Viscera. Oh, I think he's alive, right? Oh, Jesus. You're, going to wait. You're getting ready to Google this again? Is this going to be the thing where you were going to embarrass me at the end of the podcast? Whether nah, he's dead. Thank you. Died in <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> R.I.P. Viscera. Also would have been 51. Rich Swan is definitely alive. Thirty-one, and Gangrel is 52. definitely alive. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've gotten through this. Definitely still taking the booking. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and hit up Gangrel sixty-nine four twenty at gmail if you are looking to book Gangrel at your house. Just kidding, Gangrel. If you're listening, that he's not listening. <laughs> More advice for my wife, for my dog, for my cat. Check, for check, my check, check, baby. Check, check for. BFR West. 
for BFR West, for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for check, Patriot check. Pat, check, check out Sideways in Time, for Two Beers, Zach Pullman, check. for Jason Cornelius Bell, Bill Veggie, check. and everybody, never forget to boo the heels. Boo, bitch. <laughs>